0: Good morning, I'm Andrea Fichera and this is The Word in 7 Minutes for Tuesday, October 4, 2016. Decades after its end, the relations between Russia and the United States seems to return to the days of the Cold War. The lack of an agreement on the truce in Syria has dragged down the relations between the two countries. Yesterday, the US State Department spokesperson John Kirby said in a statement that the United States is suspending its participation in bilateral channels with Russia that were established to sustain the cessation of hostilities, while Moscow, on the other side, has suspended the agreement with the United States on the use of nuclear weapons, which included the destruction of 68 tons of enriched plutonium. According to the US State Department, enough material for approximately 17,000 nuclear weapons. Signed August 29, 2000, the agreement has always been a reason for conflict, with Moscow accusing Washington not to respect it. The destruction of plutonium is considered essential because it can be used for the construction of high potential weapons. In April, during the ONF media forums, Putin has declared that the US, unlike Russia, did not respect the constraint to destroy weapons-grade plutonium, keeping its yield potential. The Russian president submitted a bill to the Duma, setting a series of requests for the US for the agreement to be resumed. This includes the reduction of US military infrastructure and troops in countries that joined NATO after 1 September 2000, the abolition of all US sanctions against Russia, and compensation for the damage they've caused. A different kind of agreement at a risk in Colombia, where The long-awaited referendum for the peace agreement between the government and the guerrillas of the Revolutionary Armed Forces of Colombia, FARC, was rejected by 50.2% of voters. Abstention has exceeded 60%, but the result has not been foreseen by any survey and has been a defeat for President Juan Manuel Santos, who has invested heavily in the peace process, considered one of the main objectives of his political mandate. The agreement should have stopped the conflict begun in 1964 which caused thousands of deaths and displaced people. Soon after the outcome of the referendum, the government and the FARC leaders have ensured that the ceasefire is permanent, but the future of the agreement is uncertain. The referendum, not mandatory, has been called by the government to give more legitimacy to the agreement, but eventually revealed the lack of solidarity in a country still shaken by war and the lack of leadership in Colombian politics. Indeed. The main objection raised by the opposition about the agreement is the amnesty granted to the FARC guerrillas. 52 years of war have led the opposition to ask prison for the leaders of the guerrillas, the ban to former guerrillas to hold political office, and monetary damage paid by the FARC for the committed crimes. On the other side of the globe, the Erdogan regime in Turkey has suspended from duty more than 12,000 police officers over suspected links to yes US-based Muslim preacher Fetullah Gulen's movement, accused by Turkey of masterminding the failed July 15 coup. Rights group feared that Erdogan is using the failed coup as a pretext for suppressing dissent especially after the government has announced that the post coup state of emergency in the country will be extended for another 90 days from October 19. The state of emergency has facilitated the government's crackdown on military and civil service, leading to the suspension and the arrest of more than 32,000 people for their alleged role in the coup attempt. But the purge of the government does not end there. Yesterday, Turkish police, after a tip, have arrested Gulen's brother, Kutbettin Gulen, according to Turkish media is accused of membership of an armed terror group. Since July have been arrested several Gulen's relatives including a nephew, niece and cousins. But Erdogan is not the only one having pending matters with the US. Today, during a speech, Philippine leader Rodrigo Duterte told US President Barack Obama to go to hell after the United States refused to sell some weapons to his country, adding that China and Russia are willing suppliers. Then addressing the EU, he said, better choose purgatory, hell is filled up. All that while the US and the Philippines began their annual joint exercise, highlighting the alliance between the two countries. Meanwhile, the most powerful Atlantic tropical storm in almost a decade, Hurricane Matthew, is shifting closer to Florida, according to the National Hurricane Center in Miami. The storm, with top sustained winds near 145 miles per hour, had already killed three people and prompted the governors of Florida and North Carolina to declare states of emergency. The hurricane coming ashore in Haiti will be a potential humanitarian disaster. Interim president José Lerme Priver reported that there have already been some casualties, especially among people struck by the hurricane while they were at sea, despite numerous calls for caution. The country's situation is complex. Besides the extreme poverty of the population, many Haitians are still living in makeshift homes due to the earthquake that in 2010 killed nearly 200,000 people. And while some people have left their homes to find refuge, others have been reclutant to leave their homes for fear of scavenging events. One more story. About 6000 migrants rescued and 22 found dead. This is the report of a new day of landings in Italy, one of the highest number in a single day. The migrants were traveling on 39 boats, including rubber dinghies and rafts, and were rescued by the Coast Guard vessels, the Navy and non-governmental organizations. The Italian Coast Guard oversaw the medical evacuation through a patrol boat of a woman and a child who accused serious health problems and who were then transported by helicopter directly to hospital. All that, on the third anniversary of the massacre of migrants, took place near the coast of Lampedusa, where a boat, packed with 500 people, caught fire and sank rapidly into the darkness. That's all for today. Subscribe or follow the podcast on iTunes, SoundCloud or Twitter. And visit the website at theworldin7minutes.com. As always, thanks for listening.